0: My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare?
1: The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey gang, welcome back. It's time for episode 156 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back everybody. We're we're back one, in the saddle. Back in the saddle. What a crazy that week, feels, man.
2: Yeah. Feels good, man. Like honestly, I listened back to last week's pod and I'm still a little under the weather, but man, woof, on the phone and being sick and being surrounded by my worst allergy cats. That wasn't it wasn't a very good audio combo.
1: Well, as as we discussed, uh, your <laughs> your worst allergy is good decisions, which <laughs> which you had you had to make one at your staff party last weekend. I'm proud of you for making the right choice, by the way. But oh, uh, thanks, bro. I'm pretty sure that's why you are in such a state right now. Also, glad well, to hear that you're back in our uh, galaxy, back in our solar system, as opposed to last week's phone in from uh, Andromeda. I was somewhere out there. I was chilling with Tony Stark. Oh, man. Poor Ooh, Tony. Eh? Nice. Yeah.
2: We're looking. NASA's looking.
1: Uh, I f- you know what? I feel like we could do nothing but small talk this week because <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean there's a, there's a lot to kind of talk about. Man, we had two anniversaries over the last couple of days. We had uh, the first anniversary of The Last Jedi, and that prompted a whole ton of Twitter talk this weekend. And we also had the second birthday of Rogue One. Which had a had a a good smattering of love heaped at it, but yeah, that that that's already happening, guys. It's all those movies are both already having birthdays, which is crazy. Uh, but also, it's the theme of this weekend—the spattering of love. Yeah, but you know what? There's there's only one birthday that really counts this week, and uh, as this episode's dropping, let's uh, say happy birthday to powerful friend Mike Russo. Happy birthday, buddy! Happy birthday, happy Mikey. birthday Mike, oh, I don't know if you I don't know if he's gonna appreciate us putting it out there like that, but uh, you know what? you were born, and so this this is kind of your fault You <laughs> know, <laughs> I feel bad because I obviously we don't get around to wishing everybody happy birthday on the week of their, you know whenever we record a podcast, whether it's before or after. I, you know, I just don't know, but sometimes i I hear things and then I go, oh, make a note of that and and wish this person a happy birthday. So Mike, uh, it's a big one. I hope you enjoy it, sir. And uh, you should celebrate by watching Star Wars and having a beer or ten. Mm. Yes.
3: It's been too long.
1: Uh, I also want to extend a a hearty thank you to James McDowell for becoming a powerful Jedi on Patreon. Thank you very, very much for for that uh, bump up of support. Very much appreciated. Yeah, James. Thanks so much for that. And I also wanted to... Uh, welcome several new members to the Facebook group. We had, a, we had a little mini boom this week at the Facebook group. So Adam, Jonathan, Eric, Raymond, and Johnny, and actually, and Lucy and Alexander. Welcome one and all. Make yourselves a at weak. home. Some of you already yeah. have. Yeah, just, yeah, have some fun in there. Throw around uh, some, some links and some news and memes. There are a lot of memes going around this weekend. I think memes are the driving force of Star Wars fandom. I think of every fandom now. It's all about memes. But welcome everybody to the memes group. and memes and gifs. Oh, you're one of those, huh? Yes,
2: it's it's a gif. I know, I know.
1: what well, that's very kind of quiet. A gif. Yeah. So, guys, we uh, we are on the uh, the other side of our first, of hopefully many, uh, Christmas dinners that we we had together. Man, really, what really what a
2: nice first! It's just a replacement because f- there's no movie, so we've no, been doing actually, it
1: since.
3: Yeah, we've we've been going to dinner before the movie. There was just no movie this time.
1: Yeah, exactly. That is correct. You're you're right. But this one, just, this one was like, no, we're there's a real no movie, a real so, dinner. Oh yeah, this was a nice <laughs> yeah. dinner. This was before was like, you know, let's just grab a bite and fill the hole before going let's to see Star a, Wars.
3: Let's grab some fried calamari three minutes before the movie starts. Yeah, and, sh- and see how much you can <laughs> <have to> sh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> see how much you can shove down your gullet. <laughs> yeah, in, in like five minutes flat. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, I,
2: I was—I don't know about you guys. I, I was there on time. I had a lot of time to eat. It was good. That restaurant's actually not that bad. But uh, yeah, anyway, our our, our our restaurant. Yeah, man.
1: no, we stepped it up big time. Thanks to uh, Mr. James O'Flaherty, who suggested we hit one of Mon- Montreal's real historic landmark Iconic. restaurants. Man, oh man, was that something else? And I I don't I don't mention it just to brag that we had some ridiculous steaks, but it's also as Star Wars fans we call this the Millennium Falcon of Star Wars restaurants because as James was telling us, it was originally won in a card game. That is correct. That is crazy. I had no idea. That is really cool. Who puts up the restaurant in a card game? Lando Yeah. <laughs> I
3: guess
2: I guess someone who's someone who's convinced they've got the nuts man
1: but like that's a bygone era right like that's the that's that's the 1930s or 40s oh you can't get away with that now like could you though like if you if you honestly said you go to the bank and said we got to we got to transfer ownership I lost this restaurant in a card game
2: does that fly mm, mm. No. now all the cool people race for pink slips yo
1: <laughs> Corey spent his weekend watching the Fast and the Furious. I'd, I'd rather have a restaurant. <laughs> if
4: you I'm don't run restaurant. it into
3: the ground, it's not going to depreciate in value. What kind of uh, restaurant I would had, you run? I
2: had no idea. You know, like I'm like, yes, it is an iconic Montreal venue. I had never been, but for some reason, I, I don't know what. I had always thought Moisha's was smoke meat, like a smoke meat steakhouse. Like I knew there was steak involved, but like. Shit! When I got there, like I was all in my super uber comfy clothes. Like I think Matt was saying, I was in my I had my best hoodie on. You know, your church hoodie. <laughs> yeah, my <church> <laughs> Anyway, it's comfort. You know, whatever. It's it's, it's winter down here. I, I was but, the only Yeah, one I was... had no clue.
3: No, Kyle had a nice sweater vest on, and uh, I was I was dressed for the occasion. And Corey's wearing a sweat uh, sweatshirt. It was beautiful. It so was Eric? Of, it, yeah, yeah. No, it, it kind you of judging you know, us? Yes, it kind of uh, went with the theme.
1: It was perfect.
2: Yeah, it was it was a beautiful evening. I would have dressed up more had I known, but uh, either way, what a dinner, man. Whoa.
1: Yeah, it has been a while since we had that. For me, speaking for myself, been a while since I've had that level of awesome dinner. And that level of company. Guys, That was that was a really great night. Thank you so much for being there.
3: Yeah, it was awesome. I really enjoyed myself. Had a good time.
1: Catch you yep. all again in 363 days. <laughs> <laughs> Four hours after I said, we should do this again.
3: Before next year,
2: yeah, yeah. Kyle looped it this year. He's like, "Drinks are on me, guys," and I'm and I'm like, "Oh
3: man, I'm driving."
1: Oh, Kyle's like, hey, <laughs> <what a> shame.
3: <laughs> oh well. Uh, okay, so let's let's check. Well, out hold that. on did you want did you want to you want me to answer the question you asked? Did I ask a question? You asked what kind of restaurant would I? Oh, I did I ask I that. That's
1: right. Yeah would would you own yeah. like a pizzeria, like a high end pizzeria, a steakhouse, sushi bar?
3: that there's two schools of thought here I'd wanna I'd want to run a restaurant that I would go to as a patron so I, I would want to run like something nice like uh just a step above like casual you know like you know swanky swanky trendy a little you know something uh like a, a Moretti's or uh just a nice uh high-end pizza steak joint you know with uh, good drinks and uh you know bottle service something something like that. But then the businessman in me says, "Open a breakfast place and print
1: money." <laughs> yeah, find, the, <laughs> find find the the place where all the twenty somethings live, then open a breakfast joint so they can have their their hangover dinner. Yeah, Hangover A no, brunch,
3: breakfast. Breakfast is uh, is uh, it's just a license to to print money.
1: It seems like no, pe- ma- no matter how many breakfast restaurants open, they all kind of stick around.
3: Oh my god, in Quebec. Man, this is like the breakfast cap, breakfast place capital of the world.
1: Yeah, it is. It is kind of crazy.
3: Yeah. So there's two schools of that thought. Uh,
1: I'm not interested. I, I in don't, I don't know
3: which one I would go with.
1: I, I don't know. I don't really know want, want to know what Corey would open because everything would be, be doused in Tabasco anyway. Oh, no. Yeah, he just opened Best burger, burger joint. joint. No, Burger Joint. Best Western. <laughs> Corey's still on burgers. Here we are at the <laughs> historic <laughs> Moistus, historic Moistus Steakhouse. And, uh, yeah, Corey's thinking of having the burger.
2: Yeah, it was, dude,
1: but the only thing that changed my mind, honestly,
2: like, wait, what can you say? Love love a good burger, man, but it was just a price difference. Like, we had the Tableau Dote after 9 p.m., like, so it's, I don't know, there's a special deal after 9 p.m., but, like, regularly, that steak's 65 bucks. so I was like, okay, like, I think it was either 26 or 35 for the burger, so I was like, yeah, I,
1: I gotta do the steak, and...
2: Yeah. Yeah. It 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 worked, man. I hadn't had a good steak like that in god knows how long.
1: Yeah, it was a great great meal. So happy we just like you know what, I I will be very transparent. Later earlier in that day, I was like, "Oh, I'm so wiped. I don't want to go anywhere, but I know if I don't go, I will regret it for a long time." So, I'm glad that I got my Arson gear and ended up at the at the table with you boys. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I was I was a part of that too. I dropped. I brought my kid. <laughs> I was like here, Kyle. My kid's coming. We're going. <laughs>
1: all right, so let's jump into our collecting update here. Does as we inch closer to Christmas, does anybody have anything to add? Or are we all kind of shutting it down?
2: I got a little sum of some
1: Well, I'm shocked.
2: You go first, Corey. All right. Well, first and foremost, I mean we had a little exchange amongst ourselves at the table. James totally hooked me up. This beautiful pair of Chewbacca socks. Like, they're just awesome. Also, a little uh, sachet, like a little uh, Lego TIE fighter. Just a little one there, but it's totally cool. I built that with my kid this weekend. And a Rebels phone case, like, like protector. Oh, it's so cool, man. I was so stoked about that. And Carlos got us the uh, Death Star Hot Wheels carrying case. Which my kid already, he saw it right away. and was just like, mine. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I actually, when I came home from...
3: Well, it, it was for him, though. Uh, you yeah, yeah, realize yeah. That. Okay, good. I,
2: I was trying to uh, I mean, I didn't try too hard, obviously. like He saw it like right away. As soon as I brought it in, he was like, what's that? Is that for me? <laughs> but uh, anyhow, yeah. When, as soon as I came back on the Saturday morning, I left Kyle's. I slept at Kyle's that evening. Drove home in the morning. Come home in the mailbox. There's this... Amazing parcel waiting for me. Which had uh, these Michael Pasquale prints. Anyway. Super gorgeous. I got this white wolf pin. One last lesson. Uh, from Rebels. It's so nice. I got this wicked Ezra print. It's called the Prince of Lethal. It's just beautiful. Uh, there's a Sabine with a dark saber print. So cool. And then there was this uh, Rebels season 4 collaboration piece. Amongst three artists. And Anyway, all three of them are just so stellar, man. I'm gonna, so, I was so stoked about them when I got them. So I'm going to post those in the group after just so everyone could take a peek. Because anyway, yeah. They're my every.
1: What's that now? They're my
2: every. You know? Watto. Come on. That's huh. two. Right. They're so beautiful, man.
1: <laughs> yes, they are. That guy makes good stuff. No, no, they're gorgeous. Carlos, anything on your end? Okay, so for me, <laughs>
3: <laughs> guys, I, I honestly, it's been, it was a week. I, I was a, a week on eBay. There was a lot of nine different Lego Star Wars sets. And I got in early on the bidding. So I was watching it the last couple of days, it had stopped moving. And I put in my bid and I, I, I added $20 to the total. So I'm waiting and right now I'm below actual retail value shipped for all nine pieces. Okay. So I'm just, I'm waiting there and I'm thinking, okay, good. Now I know what I'm going to get, give to, uh, to this kid. I know what I'm going to give to that kid, but well, this one asked for this. So it's like, and I'm just, I'm playing it close to the chest because I don't want to get too excited,
1: but you're looking good at this point.
3: I'm oh my god! I was styling, I was. You're styling. Ric Flair styling and profiling. Woo! And so yeah, we're doing that. I get to nine minutes before, nine minutes before, and I'm still good. I turn around, put something in the microwave. I'm back at six minutes. The bidding is forty dollars above my highest bid. Oh.
1: Like, have the courage to be a sniper at least. <laughs> at least. Look me in the eye and let's duel in the final minute.
3: No, it was like, there was like five minutes left. And then I'm like, okay, I'm. do I try to make a bid which is higher than what I would have wanted to pay in the first place? Like, do I do that? Do I not do that? Uh, I don't know. So I'm putting in a bid for like 10 bucks more than what the guy put. And it was ov- obviously he had already bid higher than that, and uh, so I retreated. I retreated and I watched, and it went for another forty bucks wow. on top. It, it, it went a hundred dollars more than what I would have wanted to pay
1: Your from Lego what my highest are, are you guys are sharks on, on the Lego side? No, but it was a cr- honestly, it was a crazy,
3: crazy auction. It was really crazy. Like we had X wings, Tie Fighters. Uh, Ah, uh, good speeders, like none of the crappy stuff. Uh, no, there was one crappy set. It was Grievous's uh, Grievous's ship, Blech. but it still has Mace Windu in the set, so it's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, is it worth thirty five bucks? No, Ryan already has it, anyways. So uh, it was gonna, you know, I was probably gonna do a giveaway with it, but uh, no. These people just—they just went. Uh, oh, I was gonna—I was gonna swear there. They went uh, ape. Uh, they went ape on each other, and it's like, wow, like you guys have like when it gets to the end like that, like wait till the last minute, like why? Why do you have to? <laughs> <laughs> In my head, I had the meme. This that escalated quickly. <laughs> Yamaha. Yeah, so that's it. So I would have had a a different story to tell if. Uh, well, no, I would never have matched that top offer, but you know, I was close.
1: Yikes! Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. I, eBay eBay is such a crapshoot; you just never know what you're going to get yourself into. I like to buy it now or uh, eh, give me an offer. I like those ones. Yeah, I, the, the whole bidding part, the the whole auction part, it, it stresses me out, man. I'll be honest.
3: Uh, I mean, i've I've come I've come out on on the winning side as much as I've come out on the losing side, so you know you can't really complain that's part of the deal right like it's an auction Yeah, you're not entitled <laughs> just because you put in a bid how bad do you want it yeah exactly so i didn't uh, i didn't want it that bad because food is important and so is heating
1: rent yes yeah, well no rent's covered usually so i'm good all right yeah nothing on my end um like i said I'm. i'm just kind of shutting it down until after christmas but boy i was poking around uh, Amazon, and I'm a little demoralized. Not be, I'll be honest, a little demoralized seeing the massive price drops on the vintage collection stuff on Amazon. Like, we're talking like $6 for these figures In- now.
2: Instead of
3: 17
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, that was only the first wave, I believe, no?
1: Uh, It's... Mo- hmm. I think it's extended into the second wave as well for some figures. Like, the Enfys Nest is not there Afra's not there. The rebel, the Hoth rebel troopers, not there. So the ones that were always harder to find are not available. But still, it still kind of hurts a little bit to see, to know what I paid and like how out of my way I went to get these figures, and to see them going right. for the prices they are now. Uh, it hurts a little bit. I'll be honest. If yeah, you
2: had no clue, you you kind of committed to that that vintage line, and you had no idea how the availability was going to be out here. And yeah, it's kind of like everywhere. Those are peg warmers, man.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know what? My, like I said, my, my local Walmart, I was just there today, just, you know, looking around and it's the, still the same first wave figures on the pegs on my crappy Walmart. It's insane. So yeah, all that to say nothing new on my end aside from the aforementioned uh, chewy socks that James scored for us at, at our dinner uh the little tie fighter and the uh from carlos the uh death star carrying case for hot wheels which carlos thank you very much man
3: no problem i know you're gonna play with it i mean i know your kids are gonna play with it
1: knock on my door (laughs) knock next time
3: yeah it's
2: actually got this really cool arm in it like that's like kind of like a crane where you can like place your cars or your ships cool
1: Yeah, yeah. Like my See, kid. Qu- Corey's already played with it. Exactly. <laughs> my kids are. My, my kid will definitely assimilate it himself. No, oh, no for worries sure. about that.
3: No, no. I you you got you had mentioned that uh, your kids like the um, the Hot Wheels and the Star Wars Hot Wheels stuff. So I was like, oh man, perfect. Like, yeah, for sure. And I want to thank Corey. Actually, Corey got me the the variant Captain America, the gold plated Captain America Funko Pop. So that's uh that's next to my other Funko Pop. That's something me, you,
2: and Tim share in common, man. Yeah. Cap. Cap's are boy.
1: All right. So let's uh, let's kind of slip into the news here, into something a little more comfy. Um, we'll start with this real quick. It's a be- it's our first drop in the bucket from Entertainment Weekly. It's from Anthony Bresnik, and he's back. And he's talking. It's a story about script security for Episode 9, but a little bit about Luke's role in there as well. So we'll touch on this hopefully very, very quickly. Um, so this is a quote from the piece in Entertainment Weekly. While on the set for History's Nightfall in Prague, Hamill said he has yet to shoot most of his scenes for the next movie. But some recent script changes were devel- had delivered under a rather intense new level of security. And he noted how things have evolved since the first Star Wars movie back in 77. And then there's, of course, that insert that story there. Uh, then this quote I, th- I thought was also interesting. Hamill said he spent about a week on episode nine previously and will return for more shooting amid his nightfall schedule, which, you know, this is interesting to me. So amidst all these details about script security, which we can touch on in a second, I find these two quotes add up to something potentially kind of interesting. Like it sounds to me that Luke has more than a couple of scenes in this movie. And I, you know, I never really thought about how much Luke I expect to see in nine, but to me, it sounds like he's going to be in it more than I thought, like to the point where now I'm thinking something along the lines of, of Kenobi and Empire Strikes Back. And if, when you really think about it, he was very present in that movie, despite being a force ghost, but where do you guys land on this? Corey, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it definitely says to me, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, he'll be in multiple sequences, Like, they could be just working and coming back for reshoots for the same scene. But he's saying that he also didn't film the majority of what he's doing. So, to me, that means that there is multiple sequences of him being in the film. And, I mean, if you're saying that Obi-Wan was heavy in Empire, uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that, like, Luke was going to be a lot heavier in this. Like, it just... You think so, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we see Obi-Wan, what? We see him once on uh, on Hoth.
1: And then we see him get on. Uh, oh, but do we, we? we see him an awful lot on Dagoba. You hear him and see him. Like he's he's pretty. His presence is pretty heavy in Empire. <sighs> I want more. Do, you want see, more. Well, Look, do we guy. see him on Dagoba uh, in episode five? I know we hear him, but I don't think we see him at the very end when Luke is leaving. Don't give in to hate all that stuff.
3: Oh yes, you're right. You're right. Correct. Sorry. I was confabulating that and uh, and Jedi. I, yeah, I, you were kind of confusing
2: yeah. me there too, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not big enough. That's not good enough, especially for the amount of work he seems to be putting into it. Like, there's no way that Alec uh, Alec Guinness would have um, had to have worked that long. You know what I mean? On the set, like, been there for a week already just to film those two meager scenes as a Force Ghost. He must go to the Dagobah system. Like, are we done yet? Like, can I leave? <laughs>
1: Am I,
3: there, I, yeah. you will learn from Yoda, the Jedi Master who instructed me.
1: There's Obi Wan chewing up the scenery. Uh, what do you think, Carlos? More Luke, or uh, what? What were your no, expectations?
3: I, my my original expectations. Uh, I mean, we can cue the tape. No, uh, my original expectations were uh, that we would get a lot of Luke. I, I was. I was. He he won't be the principal character, obviously, but uh, I thought he would b- be right there in the second tier of characters in this film. Like, uh, uh, pl- if you t- would tell me plus or minus five minutes screen time, I would go over.
1: Wow, you've taken the over. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I, I I I will not complain as long as it doesn't take away from the mains, like Ray and, and Kylo. Like I, I I don't want it to be as much as I love Luke. I don't want it to become Luke's movie, so to speak. I think I think we can all agree on that, right?
2: Yeah, of course. It's not his movie anymore, but I mean I definitely want him to still have a purpose in being there. You know what I mean? Like a, a great one at that.
3: Yeah, for Hashtag sure. Hashtag not my movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, no, I agree, guys. Seriously. I I you don't you don't want it to be like you don't wanna you don't want it to hijack the story at this point, just because they kind of feel like they have to because they lost Carrie, and they don't want to maybe overdo what she was supposed to do.
1: That's a good point, though. Are they maybe shifting some of what she would do over to Force Ghost Luke? That that, that that's that was my fear. Um, but I I don't
3: know. I I don't think I don't think they're gonna go down that that road. I don't think uh, JJ has uh, carte blanche. So there's there's going to be some pushback from some people, and um, yeah, I mean they fired Trevorrow, <laughs> so they, they didn't like what they were getting there. So I I don't think they would accept uh, something I, that wasn't good for the saga.
2: I am so glad that's not going down. Oh, even just Jurassic World, I was like, okay, yeah, like this isn't uh, anyway, whatever.
1: No, I'm I'm there with you. I mean I didn't really have an issue with the guy but the more you go down and 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 look a little bit into what went on and it, it seems like they've made the right call. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of ha- relieved that he's not in charge. Anyways, um, so coming
3: back to the point, uh my original expectation was that we'd still get plus over 5 minutes of Luke. Um but I don't think my expectations have been changed by what Luke, by what uh, Mark Hamill said because it kind of it makes sense for what I was thinking originally in the first place. So I wouldn't say, oh, it's going to be less now. Definitely not. But I don't, I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure I would say that it's going to be a lot more.
1: You yeah, know? I would say that. F- yeah. Five minutes sounds about right. That sounds about we, right
3: to me. We already have a question. For next uh, next year's quiz.
1: Oh, I'm already working on that. I'm, I'm about uh, 20 questions deep.
3: Nice. Plus or minus five.
1: Well, who's gonna Who's gonna count that though? Really? I'll count it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm crazy like that. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> Vader have something silly like eight minutes or nine minutes in A New Hope? I like guess it's, it's a shockingly low amount considering it's Darth Vader.
2: Yeah, that, that that's yeah. It's not that much, but he's there in some pretty key scenes.
1: No doubt. It's just it's Darth Vader. It's like he made such an impact, yet he wasn't not in a new hope all that much. But he makes the impact by Yeah
3: not being
4: there.
1: <laughs>
3: quality over quantity. Yeah, when he is like, there it counts. He maximizes his screen time, I think. He's like, J Dub, cue the music.
1: <laughs> that was Rogue One. <laughs> uh so anyway, yeah. Um I'm down. Look, if you if you want to make if you want to put more Luke in, I'm fine with that. Um, I just yeah, I just hope it doesn't get soaked with Luke. I don't. I, I know I'm, I'm asking for my cake and eating it too, but uh, I trust you, JJ.
2: <laughs> That's it. I'm trusting it too. I think there's going to be a significant reason for him being there. Like I think him and Ray have unsettled business. Kyle, like, he's he's got, he's got unsettled business with the entire galaxy at this point. Like he could still be of aid, and he maybe has some more lessons for Ray. Hopefully, you know.
1: Yeah, well, we still—I still wonder if they're going to tackle the third lesson. You, they they put got that to, in novelization, did, you they know they what did. I mean? So I know they put that in the novelization, but it was also in a cut scene, the looted scene, yeah.
2: But they can also expand on that idea. Like the the premise behind that idea was the best in the sense that he's telling Ray that, like, what did you do there? You ran because why? Because you're Ray. Because you felt that's what you needed to do. You know, like, like I, I just love that about you know, the possibilities for future Jedi.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about that. I, I wa- I'm curious as to whether he'll appear to Kylo. Like, just to troll him or to scold him. I don't know how that's going to work out. Like, can Kylo see Force ghosts?
2: Space twin Force ghosts.
1: Ah, oh, stop it! Anyway, so on the uh, the, the matter of the, the security, the script security, like, that's it's delivered by a, a Lucasfilm rep... And Mark is allowed to then read it, but then that person takes off with it again once he's done. Like, he doesn't leave him a copy. He doesn't – I guess he just has to, like, memorize his lines. Line, lines. I don't know how much he's got to do. And that's it. Like, isn't that crazy?
2: Well, comparatively, yes. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe he's feeling a bit of resentment there, too, in the sense that, you know, he had the script for TLJ. He had it locked up in a safe every night. He carried it with him everywhere during the day. So maybe he's like, "I'm a seasoned vet, you know, like I am Star Wars." Like,
1: well, I think no, it's, it's I think a- it's the same for almost everybody who's in in Mark Hamill's situation. But man, it's it, it's it's so crazy to me that this is where script security has gone. It's like a somebody comes up and electronically lets you peek at it. So I don't know if it's on a USB drive or something. They plug it into your computer. You, oh yeah, there's my lines. Commit them to memory. He takes the key and takes off again.
2: No, you can't commit them to memory.
1: Unless it's unless it's not a very big part, right?
2: Well, I think it's just for him to peruse, get familiar with, have an understanding of.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, once he gets to back to the set, he'll he'll for sure have a copy to refer to and rehearse from and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, and these these were supposedly rewrites as well. Last minute changes from JJ.
1: Oh, rewrites! Episode nine is in trouble. Here we oh. go with that.
2: This is the way you get, look at it. Jay is like, "Whoa,
3: stop the press!
2: I got a
1: better idea." Good grief.
3: Anyway, <laughs> you think he takes that chainsaw to uh, <laughs> to the script?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that was so legit.
1: Oh. Oh, that was great. It's like it's like these people don't realize. That... No, they
3: do. Uh, no, they're they... the smart. They're the smart ones. The stupid ones are the ones who watch it.
1: Yeah, that's true. We, what we are referring to are are stupid YouTubers who make stupid content about stupid topics, like <laughs> how uh, Ryan uh, JJ took
3: a chainsaw to Ryan Johnson's The Last
1: Jedi, even though JJ <laughs> saw the script for The Last Jedi, loved it, wished he could have directed it, executive produced the movie.
3: They worked on each other's
1: movies. (laughs) So stupid. So, so, so stupid. But Uh, you're right. Carlos, you are 100% right. Like, it's the people who follow this nonsense who are truly the stupid ones.
3: Yeah. The commenters and, and, uh, yeah. And the ones who share the videos. See, I didn't share the video. I share a screenshot of the thumbnail of the video. (laughs) So no one accidentally actually clicks on it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, (sighs) wow. Anyway, don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We could be here all night. So, anyway, there you go. Quickly on Luke, uh, I'm a thumbs up to, to this news, and I'm especially a thumbs up to Bresnikin content. That's the first drip. And hopefully yeah. we get a little bit more in the early going in 2019. And then as the year goes on, we know that he's going to slam us at least twice with big, massive info dumps. I can't wait for those. The Bresna bombs. Yeah. He's a EW, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah. He's the Brez. Nobody beats the Brez. <laughs> He's the Brez.
1: All right. We're going to spend the rest of the news section talking about the Mandalorian, where we finally got some official news. So the, the cast has been locked in. Uh, we've got, of course, Nick Nolte, Werner Herzog, Giancarlo Esposito, Woo! Carl Weathers, Gina Carano, Emily Swallow. Uh, Omid Abtahi, and the man himself, the Mandalorian, Mr. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. So there's a couple of new names to that list. A couple of, uh, at least Werner Herzog, covered by MSW before. So another, put another, uh, you know, notch in the belt for Jason. He got that one nailed. But uh, Carlos, I I believe you're a, a big fan of this Giancarlo Esposito casting.
3: I am, I am. I believe you're a fan of Talk Star Wars, and <laughs> a patron of the Talk Star Wars show.
1: Well, I am, although I have yeah. not yet heard of oh. their latest.
3: Oh, well, okay, well, uh, I, I spoke about this on uh, on Talk Star Wars, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad, and love Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, I think he was uh, great as uh, Gustavo Fring. Ooh, and, said, um, said some,
1: put some mustard on that.
3: Oh, yeah, Gustavo,
1: Gustavo Fring.
3: Uh, yeah, no, I, I, he was, he's great. He's obviously he's been in other movies too. And, um, no, I just love for me. It kind of, um, it insulated the Nick Nolte thing, you know, the (laughs) Nick Nolte, Carl Weathers were, were, were Gary Busey away from this becoming a circus. Like this brought me back. Good. Away f- further away from the ledge because I mean he's a he's a, this guy is a character actor. He's so good. And like watch him be the worst guy there now, and everybody's gonna be like, oh, this show sucks just because of him, and I'm gonna feel so bad.
1: Or he's he's in one episode and gets killed five minutes in.
3: Oh, it would make sense. It would be funny if he was there was a blast and it was the other side of his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, you had to watch Breaking Bad for that. But um well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. And uh, obviously, uh, whoever's making, whoever's leaking is doing a good job because Lucasfilm came out and.
1: Well, it's about, it was about had, time had they to confirm, confirm all this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, Jason's getting all the good stuff. We got to steal some of this thunder. Let's confirm it at least.
1: It is kind of a motley crew of a, of a cast, though. Like, it's, it's, I'm excited. I love it, man. And I love it. it. It's. It, I'm sure it's going to be a mishmash, but it's going to come together in a really interesting way. But there's some... Look at Esp- Esposito, who I looked up. He's he's 60. And he's the baby of the group of guys I'm about to mention. Uh, Carl Weathers is in his 70s. Werner Her- Herzog is 76. Nick Nolte is 77. Like These <laughs> are some old dudes, man. What the... Yeah,
3: I, what's I, going I, on?
1: What is going on? Like, We we can't. Oh
3: my God. (gasps) You guys are going to hate me. Okay, go. Sorry.
1: Well, I just, you know, not that I have any real issue with it, but it just, I hope we're not going to get like four different versions of the old grizzled vet or the old mentor or the old, you know what I mean? Like the old puppet master.
3: What if, sorry, sorry. What if they're like the ragtag? Because it's been, it's been, over 20 years since order 66. What if these are the remnant Jedi and they're like the last of the council Of what could have been the remainder of the Jedi Nah. No, you wouldn't want to see Carl Weathers as a badass Jedi <laughs> Yeah, I'd like see. I just don't see it happening. What if his name was Wace Mindu Yeah, I really hate that <laughs> Just switch the W and the M upside down. No. You know,
1: I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing Esposito as, as a, a Jedi in hiding. In fact, I kind of hope they work that into the show, that angle to some degree into the show. If he's a manager of a chicken place, I'm going
3: to be really pissed.
1: <laughs> Worlds colliding. Or not even
3: chicken, a pork shop. Ooh. Deep fr- a deep fried pork.
1: I'm sure it's delicious.
3: Actually, they look better rotisserie. What, from what uh what chewy showed us well I, I i think the entire
2: cast man is it's like I, I think you guys dumped way too hard on nick nolte and carl weathers in the last episodes. Like, <laughs>
1: Corey, it's like it's called comedy man. Corey.
2: <laughs> still
1: no nobody said okay hold on let's clarify okay nick nolte is a fine actor right Nobody's, I, I nobody nobody can you, take yes. that away nobody yep. can take that away he's a very very good actor a decorated actor there's just an element of crazy involved that's all exactly. we're saying and we're like wow that's a bold choice because that level of crazy can derail a project maybe at this point of his life he is settled down i hope that's true but you never know when you got a mug shot like that
2: <laughs> <laughs> i guess i think that's a bit of a stereotype as well though like we mention mentioned as well, like he, he's been working steady, just, you know, not maybe as high profile, but
1: I look, I'm, I, I'm down for Nick Nolte. By the way, it's, it's right an on. eclectic
2: cast, you know, it's, it it's sure just is. It's <laughs> very, and I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see where they take it. And like, I, I get what you're saying with the, the old dudes, like maybe there's some kind of group of like former mercenaries. I don't know. Or maybe there's just a bunch of bums on this backwater
3: planet.
1: Yeah, Tatooine. You know that, right? We are on Whoops. Tatooine for for a, it. It at very least. strongly looks like we're on Tatooine for for a portion of this of this series. Yeah. Uh, interesting to note, Omid Abtahi, he played a character in the Clone Wars, the animated series. He vo- or at least he voiced a character. Now, visually, I don't know if these characters line up. If it's going to be like if they're just going to carry that character over into this era, I don't know if it works. But they could. And from what I, I saw out there, people are like, do it. It would make things really interesting. So we'll see. We'll see how that how that plays out. But yeah, it's it's an eclectic cast. I'm down with it. You, you had me at, at Carl Weathers. <laughs> 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 uh, also, uh, MSW also brought this to the fore. Uh, it's a report from a Reddit user. I think we spoke about this Reddit user's uh, findings a couple weeks ago. But this guy is, has some other details to share uh, about the the sort of plot of the show. And so from this, this Reddit user who claims that, uh, this is what he says, he goes, I guess the Mandalorian encounters a baby on one of his missions that he is supposed to kill. But instead of that, he ends up saving it. And a lot of the rest of the story revolves around their growing relationship and his efforts to keep the child safe and protected. Now, I don't know about you guys. It's creepy. It's creepy to you? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I know you don't know what I That's why I jumped right in. It's creepy, man. I, I
1: I didn't like it. I don't like I don't like that synopsis. Is it just me? Uh maybe. I mean I I'm not like, "Oh, that sounds like the best synopsis in the world." If it sounds to me like I in my brain, I feel like I've seen this before. And the only thing that springs to mind is something like T2 where there's some like something Assigned to protect a child. And I'm sure there are so many other examples, but it they're just oh, not. There explained. is.
2: I, I didn't bother to make any comparisons, but that's basically the exact same, uh, where I wanted to start here and say, saying that I was surprised that it's a bit of a twist. I wasn't ex- necessarily expecting a story like that. Uh, I'm curious to see what they're going to have in store, but a story like that, it, it's been done before. It's a possible, I don't want to say played out, but it could be told in many different ways, I guess, but I don't know. There's no better way to change a man, anyhow, it's a man or a monster. The relationship dynamic could be really interesting, but again, like Kyle has said, like I, I feel like a good way of saying it is, uh, I feel like I've seen it before, almost. But again, like the we don't know for sure that this is like the big uh, through line of the series, right?
1: Oh, you know what? Another one that springs to mind is um, the professional. Not quite the same dynamic. Obviously, Matilda was not a baby, but you still had that killer assassin hitman type.
3: Isn't the John Renault?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the professional. Yeah, I forgot the title of that. Ah, good.
1: Uh, so, something like that where it's like he's got his... This is his life. He kills people. But yet then here's this young woman in his life now who he feels the need to protect there was that push and pull right so maybe there's gonna be some of that interesting element here where uh, the mandalorian has this instinct or this proficiency at killing yet he's gonna feel something towards this child for whatever reason
2: yeah it's like once you step down that road like once you kill a youngling like there's no going back bro ask anakin exactly
1: But what what is special about this child? Is it just a is it just a kid? And the whole point is to uh, stoke that conflict within the Mandalorian, or is there something special about this kid? Do you think?
2: Well, I mean, if someone's hired her to be assassinated, I would think there is something important about her. Like the article kind of speculates that it could possibly be like an heir to Mandalore, because original reports are coming in that the series was kind of kind of be about healing a fractured Mandalorian society. And maybe this child can somehow be the key to that. Uh, I think just take it a step further. Like maybe this, I know they've kind of pushed these thoughts out of our head as far as possible, but maybe it's a force sensitive Mando. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Tar uh,
1: Tarvizla. Maybe it's a, tar- maybe it's a descendant of Tar Wouldn't that be something?
2: Yeah, I think it's I I don't know that I think that's, that's what I have here too. Like right away, it begs the question, who is that child? Like of what importance, like is that child? So like, if you're saying again, like it was just to kind of further the character of the Mandalorian, uh, I don't know. I'm not so much into that, that storyline of him being torn between, you know, being doing what he needs to do to be, to survive or whatever it is, or protecting this child. Like. Again, I feel like I've I've seen that storyline.
1: But you, you, I, I guess you also, Carlos, we also get some of this in The Walking Dead, right? Like there's there's elements. Of course, it's not a one on one, but it's it's a community sort of sharing the responsibility of of raising small kids. Whether it's Carl when he was much younger or uh, Judith, like we've we've seen that factor into how they how they carry themselves. So, well, could... I
3: think it's natural actually when when you look at the uh, the the building of societies from hunter gatherers. That's that's what happened in every village. All the the kids were gathered together, and there were just a few uh, adults around to teach them or to to watch them. And while the other adults did their other chores, so I like the Walking Dead thing is kind of going back to the way things used to be. So uh, I think pulling from that whole uh, part of our 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 known. Uh, you know, coming up through through civilization, it may, it would make sense that it would kind of mimic story. It's 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 uh, an easy part of storytelling, I think, to go back to that. I don't know.
1: Yeah,
2: children of men too. That,
1: that, that was an unborn child, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's the first woman that's pregnant in like ten years or something, and Clive Owen's trying to get her to safety.
1: Where's Clive Owen? Bring him back. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious now. If I'm really thinking hard about what we've we've spoken about here on this front. Like, could one of those old guys be an older Jedi mentor who maybe could also connect with this baby who could maybe could be that descendant of the Visla clan and be the heir to Mandalore? That could get nuts. That would get really, really crazy. Really in a hurry but you know i think we would have to see some episodes of the mandalorian doing his thing before before the baby comes into the picture just to see what he what he's like beforehand i don't know yes. well something else they say here right the, the story revolves around their growing relationship and his efforts to keep the child safe and protected like if we see a, if, if this thing is really just an infant or a toddler but we see their growing relationship That, to me, suggests a show that takes place over an extended timeline. So whether it's they're alluding to multiple seasons or just maybe time jumps within the first season.
2: Now, I'm kind of I'm kind of right there on board with you in the sense that the article also not only is that the only clue to a possible time jump, there's also the fact that to say that his costume changes
4: Mm, greatly
2: by episode three. So to me, that says something. Uh, it's either changed something in him. He is trying to change his his appearance, or there's been a possible chime jump because we know that, uh, like, even though there's two different versions of the suit, I guess Sabine Solo can kind of change them at will. But at least you're not changing them every day. There's got to almost be it's almost like a totem pole, you know, where you're like. Like, uh it represents you. They're all so super unique to uh, the owner. And, like, when we first see it, it's just, like, it's almost like polished chrome.
1: Yeah. Like, that, that one photo we have, it, it, you're exactly right. It's it's pretty plain. It looks like just clean old stained buffed metal. But apparently that changes drastically by episode three. So, is that a... Does something happen to him in the first two episodes, or do, are we just jumping ahead in time? And he would naturally see a, a progression or a change of, of outfit. Very interesting stuff. All right, so um, anything else on that one?
3: No, I just, I don't know. It just, to my ear, it just sounded a little creepy, the whole thing. And, um, but... I'll I'll give it a shot. I, this is still a rumor. It could be something really, really, like uh, in irrelevant. It could, it could be something completely irrelevant. So yeah, or,
1: yeah, it could be an element of one element of many things going on in the show.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be like uh, Logan and X twenty three type of thing, like dragging the kid around, rawr, rawr, rawr. like uh, you know.
2: Yeah, well, that's, I, probably, I just, I just that's what fun. it would be like. He's going to be so torn.
1: Yeah, we'll have to give it... A, uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. But I, I, I'm i down with it. I'm, I, I think I could get, swing with this type of premise. Yeah, it
2: all depends, again, who she is. Like, what it means to the Mandalorian. Like, maybe it could be one of his kin. It could be part of his clan. Like...
1: Yeah, I just... I hope they don't make it so contrived that, you know, it's... I don't know. I don't want to make too many big leaps here, but like to, to know that the kid is like this of, of galactic importance. I hope they don't go there anyway. So let's, let's park that for now and talk about Sabine Wren and her chances of being in the Mandalorian. So uh, to, again, from, from MSW, who is just continuing to crush it, uh, we'll quickly preface what this article is about. So the Mandalorian uh, they're using technology and techniques on this show uh, that James Cameron is using in Avatar 2 to like render visual effects in real time on the set so that the creators can see what they're working with and what what stuff will look like when it's fully rendered. So this saves them a lot of time, a lot of money and like in, in reshoots. It's it's just very really good thing in, in giving them additional efficiency. So Uh, What Jason is saying in the article is that the same helmet design that Sabine wore in Rebels has been seen in renderings of The Mandalorian. Now, that could mean nothing, or it could mean something very substantial. So, of course, we're all interested to to know if Sabine is going to be in the series. So, Carlos, I ask you, is Sabine going to be in the series? Uh. I mean, I, th-
3: I think we had brought it up when we we threw this around a bit uh, with the with the news of the, of the show. Yeah, uh, or maybe we could see Sabine. Maybe we, there was a bunch of different things, and I think it would make sense. Like, would it be a travesty if she wasn't? No. Uh, would it be nice if the if it made for a better story? Then yeah. So uh, I don't necessarily need it. It's not going to make me want to watch it more. Uh, I mean, Sabine is still probably a step away from Ezra coming on the show, so we're safe. We don't <laughs> have to see that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but, uh, but other than that, I'm not really, I'm not that, uh, you know, I don't care that much about Sabine to not want her there or have her there.
1: I, wow. I, do, I do know where you're coming from. So Jason presented two options in that it's, well, obviously it's, it's it could be her or it might not be her. Uh, but one like option B is that, you know, the helmet with the owl design that we see on Sabine's helmet, it's, she's not the only one to have that design on, on her helmet. There, are, I, I think he was saying that there are other uh, women in Mandalorian culture that sport that design on their helmet. So for me, that's, that is the more logical and likely path that, I don't think it's Sabine. Like, given her her departure with Ahsoka at the end of Rebels, I can't see that, whatever adventure and quest they're on, I can't see that be being finished by the time we meet the Mandalorian here, which is three years post Return of the Jedi. And you know, that epilogue from the end of Rebels was, was, I think, about a year after Return of the Jedi. So, I don't know. To me, it would either be like this really coincidental meetup on Tatooine or the quest to find Ezra came to a really quick halt. Where do you land on this one, Corey?
2: Well, first and foremost, I think the info and source seems a little bit sketchy, to be honest. They're working hand in hand with the set from Avatar, and it seems to be a leak from the Avatar set from an individual who wasn't necessarily a fan of Rebels. Uh, just kind of someone who knew of it. So well, it I mean, does... Jason
1: is c- confirming certain elements. So it's not like someone's doing a hatchet job here. No. I, and
2: again, Jason's always got good sources. And I don't think he'd pr- publish something that was just a clickbaity article. Like, I think he—it's always more. He, he's batting at a high average. So, but to me personally, like, I kind of on the other side of the fence, like, I tried to do a little research right before the show. And helmets seem to be unique unto themselves, kind of like they're customized almost individually, somewhat similar. But from what I understand, like Mando armor armor is like a, almost like a sacred thing for them. Sabine's has changed and evolved over the course of, uh, rebels. The pattern more or less stayed the same, but the color palette changed and the color scheme changed pretty significantly. And I thought it was would possibly be like what you were saying, like the same clan or something like that. But looking at other photos quickly, uh, her mother's is, again, somewhat similar, but not at all the same. And I don't know, e- even in season four, she still has her helmet. Again, it's very different, same design somewhat. But uh, I just don't want to get my hopes too up for this I don't want to set myself up I mean I absolutely love Sabine it can't be a fan servicey thing or who am I kidding Like, whatever just give her to me in this show but uh, the only way it would really make sense to me is you know if this baby's involved and she's so important to Mandalorian culture to me personally I think legend of Sabine Wren would have grown at this point she's at legend status among her people for what she's done respected by her uh, peers she's a big player in mandalorian society but it could also allude to her on her search for ezra because we're under the impression that they're either possibly in the unknown region or some kind of outer outer rimish area the the edge of space if you will you know and again Feloni loves her he's a part of this big part of this series so Hopefully, you know I don't know. I'd like to see her if it makes sense. You know, if she has to be in just one episode to kind of guide guide the Mando and be your kickass self, then I'm down, man.
1: Well, I do kind of hope that Sabine is in it because, like I said, if, if, if this is so soon, relatively speaking, after Rebels, that if you if we get Sabine, Ahsoka can't be far behind, and with that's Dave Filoni involved, that's exactly it. May- God, do we do we reach for the stars here and assume that maybe Ahsoka sneaks into this show as well? Maybe Emily yeah, Swallow is playing Ahsoka. From the- what we're what led to believe, too, like when Rebels uh, ends in that epilogue,
2: it almost seems as if, uh, for no who knows what reason, Sabine's been on Lethal, like thinking the Empire might come back and attack.
1: But for some reason, she's made that her home. You know, it seems like for the time being. Yeah, she was just kind of hanging out in Ezra's bachelor pad.
2: Yeah, missing to, on him.
1: Until until Ahsoka came by and was like, let's go. We got to get out of here. That's it. So I don't know. But I, I, in Rebels, I think it's safe to say that uh, the, the, the Ren clan, Sabine's clan, was presented as Asian, right? Or what would be Asian on Earth? 100%. That's, I don't think they're going to... You can't if you if they whitewashed that role. Oh, yeah, you
2: can't. You can't. can't. Don't be
1: stupid. Like they set themselves up like it's clear as day. Play it straight up. And so there's nothing in the cast list that we've seen that would give that away to say, oh, my goodness, they're doing it. And I wouldn't expect them to announce or to to show us somebody who might be playing Sabine because then we could start putting two and two together here. Yeah, th- and exactly. So we have, we have that's, one that's... piece of info that maybe points to it, but we've got nothing else. So it's very and I think it's really they keep tenuous it, I would think. Yeah, they for should sure. should probably keep it like that. Cuz it's, it's definitely it's, not Gina Carano. No. It's not. No way. That would be horrible casting. That would be really really weak. But yeah, I'm I'll, I I will certainly take it. But like you said, I'm I'm oh boy, I have a real strong reaction to like fan y stuff. I don't Like it, especially on something of that level, that would be a big, big deal. And I I wouldn't want them to just play that card for the sake of it. So if you're going to do it, like do it properly and make her part of the show. Alrighty. So that's it on The Mandalorian. Exciting stuff there. I I like what I'm hearing. Now I just need to see what they're doing. Where is Celebration? God, it's still like, what, four months away? Ugh. Alright. So we're doing this thing now. It's called the Knight of the Commonwealth Question of the Month. And this month, uh, we've got Matt Salvatore on tap. And uh, do we need a a recap of what a Knight of the Commonwealth is? I I feel like we don't talk about it often enough. Give it to us. Okay, so a Knight of the Star Wars Commonwealth is just... is, is one of our community members who participates a kind of... Not with just one single podcast, but with various others. and uh, you know, Or someone who just really supports and encourages and listens and just really dives uh, all in into a particular podcast or the community at large. And Matt Salvatore is definitely, definitely uh, a ranking member of that group. And so what we're doing is once a month, uh, one of the knights will throw us a question. So all of the podcasts within the Star Wars Commonwealth will answer this question. And this month, uh, Matt has a a question, and it goes like this. It's a good one. Star Wars has so many iconic characters, ships, and stories within its universe. Therefore, out of all the many unique aspects of the Star Wars universe, what is the number one thing that defines Star Wars for you? It's a trap! (laughs) Could be whatever you want. Loophole away. A single character, a specific scene in one of the films, or the overall theme of good versus evil. Thanks, guys, for all the awesome content you guys put out. Thank you, Matthew. This is a really, really loaded one. I kind of want to let Corey go first, but I feel like he might take all night. So I'm going to let Carlos go first. (laughs) Uh,
3: Okay, so this is my... This is the, the, the luxury that a, a knight of the Commonwealth has. I, I was lucky enough to be on Talk Star Wars this week where we answered Matthew's question. So this is my second ca- kick at the can for, for this question. And I'm going to say that uh, the single most number one thing that defines Star Wars for me is uh, Ezra Bridger.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Now we're on the same page. I believe yeah. he's tooling with you, sir. <laughs> Five bloody minutes ago. Um, <laughs> no, so my uh, my the thing that defines Star Wars for me is the Force, the Force itself, and and having this, um, this power that if you were uh, strong enough and if you were devout enough, um, and listened to your masters enough, you, you could actually m- master doing things that are. Uh, considered physically impossible. And uh, it's just, as a kid growing up, I I loved Luke Skywalker because uh, he closed his eyes and he he grabbed that lightsaber stuck in the snow. Like that was, it's not just about using the lightsaber to attack or defend, but using the force to grab it that way was very, uh, very like remarkable to me. And I wished, that that's where I fell in love with Star Wars. There's just that that wish to like, wow, if if I could ever have that.
1: I'd never have to leave the couch to get a beer again. (laughs) (laughs) Floating fruit throughout my apartment. Ah! (laughs) If mom saw me do it, she'd be very grumpy. Uh, (laughs) That's great. That's a great answer though. Because the Force is sort of what gives Star Wars that intangible, mythical thing, right? Yeah. It's it's not the Rebels versus the Empire or First Order versus Resistance. It's it's the Force that gives it that really, uh, the je ne sais quoi about Star Wars. So I I, I love that answer, Carlos. Thank you, sir. Corey?
2: I kind of got, got a bit of a twofold here. Oh, and Matt said loophole away. It's not surprise, necessarily a loophole.
1: surprise,
2: but, uh, I would say f- one of them, I have to give credence to the fact that we're podcasting right now. The fact that we're, we get to discuss this stuff, enjoying the films together, what that's creative and even pre internet, like Matthew may be a bit younger than us, but you know, There wasn't, I didn't necessarily have, I had Kyle uh, and maybe two or three friends who, yes, uh, they just got, got it, you know, those who get it, get it a lot. (laughs) When it comes to Star Wars, it's almost as if we're the like alumni of the same sports team or something. You know what I mean? Like we, people who get it, like, it's almost like you're just, you, you know, you know, so there's just that part about it that I really, I enjoy but really I'm kind of on the same page as Carlos. And I'm I'm gonna s- stretch it out in the sense that it's like the the story that's being told. It's it's a timeless one that's been done kind of over and over. But in this, the way it's done, it it just fits so perfectly the way it's portrayed, uh, and their ability to play in the sandbox they've created with this ultimate battle of the good versus evil. But the the way it's done, it's drawn out on the the biggest possible scale, right? Like spanning eons with aspects of like magic and mysticism basically like carlos said the the force controlling things and the the lore and mysticism that it borrows from all these elements of our culture makes it very comfortable and familiar to us and just everything in between the, the story is just so grand and and epic and the relationships and just again the, the the way it's conveyed in space and all that just it makes it so much more alluring you know like but yeah definitely the force is up there <laughs> it's the The mysticism factor really plays into so many things that we're familiar with. Again,
1: yeah, I mean, so basically, it's that's everything (laughs) in a roundabout way.
2: Well, no, it's the battle of good versus evil, like light versus good, and
3: yeah, but that has nothing to do with the forest, though.
2: Sure does, like the balance.
3: No, like the, the act, light
2: versus the the, the the dark. The
3: the actors on the light side use the force, and the actors in the dark side use the force. But the force you are you, talking constant. about the you're talking about the will of the force.
2: Yeah, that there's there's that's a part of the story too. You know,
3: yeah.
2: There's definitely a will of the force, that's for sure.
1: Well, it's, I think this is this is one of the hardest questions to answer. Like. It... A franchise that's been around in our consciousness in a big way for 40 plus years like anything out of the ot is iconic in a big way like luke skywalker everybody knows that name darth vader everybody knows that name and go down the line from from tie fighters to r2d2 and star (laughs) destroyers like everybody knows these things whether you like star wars or not like you hear uh, "Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope." You know that's a Star Wars reference, whether you're, whether or not you've seen the movies. Like, there's very few people who don't know that. So, I mean, there—it's just such a difficult question to answer. But for me, like, to boil it all down, if I could only take one scene away or one thing away from Star Wars, it would be Luke versus Vader in Empire. Because I, for me, it has everything. It's it's got that tension, it's got the action, it's got that emotional thrust, it's got the whole family element of Star Wars. That of course, if you're watching for your first time, you may not know that. Uh, the, the music, of course, as part of that. Uh, it, it, I I love that scene so much. I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Like, what scene do I do I think about the most, or what scene kind of means the most to me? And of course that, you know, it's, it's no secret like that, that scene as a kid, when Luke would get his hand chopped off, that was, it was a, as a, you know, eight, nine, 10 year old kid, it, that scene was hard to watch just to see your hero get cut down like that. Um, and of course what follows is one of the biggest moments in cinema history, right? I am your father. And like every franchise since has been trying to sort of replicate the impact of that moment. So for me like that that whole scene just encapsulates everything about Star Wars that is that is great. And of course if you if you splice in the other elements of of uh, Lando and Leia and Chewie escaping from Cloud City, you've got my favorite half an hour of all of Star Wars. And and Carlos to bring it kind of kind of bring it around to your question uh, to your answer of the Force anything that would make my list of like my favorite thing would include the force. It would have to. And that's why a movie like solo or rogue one. That's why they, they kind of don't even crack the top half of my star Wars movies because they're missing that they're missing the element of Jedi versus Sith or whatever, whatever Ray and Kylo are now. It's that, that huge chunk of star Wars is not really present in those movies so for that reason those movies don't don't climb the list super high i still love them but they they can never be what any of the other movies are for me really
2: i think what you meant to say was surpass the gravitas
1: (laughs) i really thought that one would not have the life it has had (laughs) me neither but it, I, I get
2: what you're saying, man. Like even as a kid, like like it kind of bleeds into what Matthew's saying with the good versus evil. Like everything's kind of black and white for the most part, you know. Not not so much anymore, but you can clearly see who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And you know, you got the heart, the hope, like never give up. Like those, like as a kid, you're just like,
1: oh man,
2: like they're so down and out, but somehow they they squeak through, you know.
1: Yeah, there's something very universal about the story of Star Wars that we inherently recognize a lot of the themes and, and narratives going on within the film. And yeah, and, and it resonates really really deeply. But yeah, so Matthew, to pull one thing out was was a a tough task, but that's that would be it for me. It's it's that scene which encapsulates so much of so many different elements which Hey, maybe I, maybe I, I gave it a big old loophole, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it. I, I I could just watch that, that whole sequence over and over. All right, Matthew, great question this month. That was a really good one. And do we, do we know who's up next?
3: Uh, I don't think the baton has been passed yet. That's for Matthew to decide. Matthew is going to have to pass the baton.
1: Right. So yeah, each, Ooh boy. I wonder if that's been passed. I'm going to take a quick peek. I want to say the Metal Mando might be up. Hmm. Yes, he did. Yes. Mr. Salvatore has passed the torch to the Metal Mando. No pressure, Jeff. You'll be only kicking off 2019, the huge year of Star Wars with your questions, so. Can't wait to see what the Metal Mando comes up with. He's he has been known to come up with a good question or two in his time. And lastly, on the show today, we've got a question from Dan Miles. Let's check in with this one. He says, Hi guys, question for you. Was watching Revenge of the Sith uh, clips on YouTube and have been thinking. Palpatine tells the infamous Darth Plagueis legend, telling us slash Anakin, although Anakin at this stage is unaware, that he was the apprentice that taught everything Plagueis knew, uh, namely how to cheat death. Further on, as Mace is deflecting the Sith lightning, he says to Anakin, I have the power to save the one you love. You must choose. Mace dies. Vader is born. All this, as all this is going on, Anakin says, just help me save Padme's life. I can't live without her. Palpatine is seemingly so sure of himself before he suddenly said, wait, sorry. Palpatine is seemingly so sure of himself before. Suddenly, he says, it's a power only one has achieved and if they work together, they can discover the secret. Why does Anakin not question this sudden downplay of Palpatine's knowledge of the dark side and his ability to cheat death, when only moments ago he said he had the power in his grasp? I love this question, Dan. Thank you. It's something I've ranted about before. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Part of me wants to say that it's careless writing, but another part of me says. It's very much intended to demonstrate how Anakin bought that false bill of goods, but by that point he was already—he'd already stepped in the in the bear trap. So he's screwed either way. But he's so convinced of Padme's fate that he would have sacrificed everything
3: just for a chance.
1: Yep, he would have thrown everybody under the bus ultimately if it meant a chance at saving Padme. But I'm I'm 100% with Dan on this. Like, why didn't Anakin lose his mind and start flipping tables and screaming and shouting? Corey, what do you think, man?
2: Uh, I'm kind of on the same page as you there. Like, I think he was just so incredibly confused. He had already made his choice by not helping Mace Windu. Like, he had already made his way way down that slippery path, that slip slippery slope. So uh, there was the, kind of the no turning back point and. I think it's pretty evident that, you know, after his accident, like he's not exactly the most confident guy. Palpatine's pretty much, much more powerful than him. Or so he believes, you know, so there's that whole control aspect, but who knows? Maybe maybe he did bring it up on the side one time and, you know, Palpatine probably just told him one time, like, come on, man, it was just a play on words. You got to stop taking things so literally, (laughs) <laughs> like and well, anyway I mean, hey you, vader you would think
1: you would think there'd be a sense of urgency to anakin though because padme is is a is about to give birth like it's imminent and these dreams that like anakin keeps having them so you would think you'd be like dude like we got to get on this like if you were not f- being fully forthright we got to sit down together and figure this trick out now because padme is about to give birth she's gonna die in childbirth i don't have time for any of this other stuff but yet he goes and just does what palpatine says it's it's the whole thing is a little foggy to me but uh carlos what else have you, got, have you got to input on this
3: i don't know it's just um george lucas ruined my childhood with that scene <laughs> 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 no it's you you could tell that uh palpatine's uh bsing him when it comes to like uh, the power to, you know, when he's yeah, telling he the story, play him could, at this point. Yeah, it's like I have the power to save Padme. Like I don't, I don't blame Ian McDermott. It's actually a great performance. It's it's, oh, it's how amazing. Anakin react. It's how Anakin reacts to it that makes me want to set
1: my own eyebrows on fire.
2: He's like, is there something wrong with your face? Like,
1: <laughs> well, it goes back to the opera scene, right? That's where he sets the hook, where he says, uh...
3: Not from a Jedi.
1: Yeah, that whole part where it's... Even to... Oh, man. Even to, he even learned how to stop people from dying. And that, that's where Anakin, like, the light bulb goes on. And I think that that's the moment where he's like, Okay, like, whatever it is, I'm going to figure it out. And I don't think he cares about light or dark anymore. If there's something out there, he's going to find it.
2: Like I said before, Palpatine had him on the side like, stop being so literal. It's like, hey, and anyway,
1: like uh, Vader,
2: uh, I got you here. uh, You know, it takes two. Uh, I did my part. Uh, The rest is on you, Mr. Chosen One. (laughs) Like, I could totally see that.
3: Why is Palpatine such a douche when you imitate him? (laughs) Uh, Have you ever seen Robot (laughs) Chicken?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of from there. I always, I always see that that Palpatine relationship. It's like, oh my god, he's crying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I it, love it, you it too. It is fascinating. <laughs> I, I would love, I wanted to get a little bit deeper into that question, and, and they do. It does get touched on in the current run of Vader. Uh, in the in the final arc, actually. Um, spoilers if you're reading and haven't gotten there yet. But uh, so Vader is now sort of having this on and off not that's not it's not a romantic thing it's it's a thing with with a former sith lord lord Momin. um so Momin makes vader this promise about padme and and the possibility of being able to bring her back and vader gives gives him a warning about lying to him about th- this kind of thing because he's already been lied to about this once and like so vader's not having any more of this this put on from anybody like he's he's aware that palpatine screwed him over on this front but he's made his bed and now of course he's he must obey his master he's bound to palpatine one way or the other and i i think you can trace that all the way back to to the scene where he lops off uh windu's hand like once he did that it was over he called him master yeah, it's, it's he went all in. He pushed all his chips to the middle of the table at that point, and it was... Palpatine had him, because there was no way that Anakin would ever be able to live that down. Exonerate
2: himself, either.
1: Yeah, kind of. Although, ultimately, he does find that redemption. But, yeah, I... I, I really Because
3: yeah, wish- at that point, Anakin doesn't even know about Order 66 at that point, so... You have to assume that the oh um, well, he's on board. Well, the Jedi, the Jedi are com- going to
1: come after him. Yeah, no? well, Palpatine, Palpatine says um, because the
3: move quickly the, the Jedi are relentless.
1: Yeah, because they didn't trust <laughs> because they didn't trust you. Uh, you're the only Jedi with no knowledge of this plot, so he's completely turned Anakin against the Jedi at this point. Like he's totally sold Anakin the idea that. The Jedi just never trusted you, dude. You think Anakin believed that part too? I think he believed everything. I think every word out of Palpatine's mouth, Anakin bought it up.
2: You know, you know what's interesting too. Like when you think about that, when Luke's talking about the hubris of the former Jedi, right? We get the impression in the Last Jedi that that's the last time Yoda and Luke have spoke was in Jedi. Return of the Jedi. So where does Luke necessarily get that opinion from? If he hasn't been conversing with some other force ghost, like possibly his pappy, like who's telling him like the history books aren't necessarily, uh, uh, who knows what the history books say about it, but I, I don't think he's getting it from history books, like saying what he knows of what happened.
1: About order 66
2: about all of it yeah like the way the the Jedi rose and fell the way they fell I don't think
1: uh good question I don't know because you're right I I do in my head Canon when Luke and Yoda chat in the last Jedi that is their first that is their first time talking since return of the Jedi Me as well I believe the same thing and I don't think Luke has spoken to obi-wan either I think I think Luke is actually still very bitter with Obi Wan.
3: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah,
1: I don't think they ever got back on speaking terms. There's a there's a, and there's a couple of reasons why I think that. One of them is kind of in the text of the Last Jedi, where he still kind of hangs Vader's turn on on a Jedi master. I think he's he's referring directly yeah. to Obi Wan. Yeah, he is. He doesn't even name him. It's kind of an insult. Yeah, and there's another thing out there as well that makes me think that Luke is still kind of annoyed with, with Obi-Wan and I can't I can't think of it now. I'm blanking. Damn it. Anyway, it's not really part of this conversation. Um yeah, like I, I yeah, yeah, to answer Dan's question, I just I don't know why Anakin didn't lose his mind right there in the room, or show a greater sense of urgency that we need to figure this out rather than sending me out to Mustafar to to, to, actually, no, that's part of it too, right? He goes, uh, you got to go kill the, the Separatist leadership the separatist and, leaders, yeah. and then you'll have the power. Then you'll be strong enough, right? That's, isn't that part of it? Or is that the destroying the Jedi Temple? One of those that's things That's all he part says, of his ruse, man. Part of it is you, now you got to go do this and that and then you'll be powerful enough to save Padme. That's part of it, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what he says. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, it, it doesn't take long for Anakin he, he, to realize he's been lied to. Yeah, but that, that's... Uh, to what
3: level? Like, I guess now that he's a Force ghost, maybe he knows the whole... But but when when he... Yeah. As Vader, like... He knows he was lied to about Padme. Or the power to save Padme. Yeah. but But how much more than that? Like that's that i would love to know that that would be like
4: i get the impression uh, he
1: doesn't believe anything out of palpatine's mouth like i think he became very mistrustful very quickly i don't know Yeah, he was trying to
2: figure it out for himself for a while now
1: like the, the second volume of the vader comic is really really insightful on that front like i don't think vader ever really had any reverence for palpatine once he became vader He's like, how
2: do I li- how do I live as long as possible to kind of figure this out?
3: Pretty much. It's you think a- he doesn't? You think that one of the reasons why he doesn't um, try to kill Palpatine is because he knows that if something happens to Palpatine, that he's to be terminated.
1: Uh, there's nothing to suggest that, but I I don't think that's crazy. Like that would yeah. be a Palpatine thing, like. He had contingencies for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, there's operations... Security
2: there. surrounding it. Like, uh, if you see... If it's caught on video, which most likely would be.
1: For sure. Yeah, I, I would think that's part of it for sure. If if I go down, uh, take Lord Vader down with me. I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if there was some sort of plan for that. But yeah, that, that second volume of Vader just gives us so much insight into what he's thinking and his his opinions and thoughts about being Palpatine's apprentice. He's he's obviously there. He's caught in that situation. He he has to go along with it. He he knows he can't beat him. Um yeah. He can't he can't beat Palpatine, so he's just going to have to figure some trying to figure his own way out of this mess. But at the same time Life's good as Darth Vader in a way <laughs> nobody challenges you not for long <laughs> well yeah not for, not for long not not at all but uh, Palp- like very early on palpatine was already looking for successors and it was it was like openly challenging vader to, uh, th- these other force user types he would send them after vader to try and kill him and if vader was strong enough Great, you can stick around. If not, well, you weren't strong enough. You suck. Get out of here.
2: After everything I've done for
1: you. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I think uh it's, it's all part of Palpatine's brilliance, right? It's it's always knowing exactly what to tell Anakin, when to say it, just and just how much to leash to let out. Or how how just how close do I dangle the carrot?
2: You know, if it would it would almost been nice in a way for I don't know if it would have been done the same way if George would have had a little more technology at his disposal. Like the for his later ideas of saying, you know, the chosen one and the prophecy and all this, instead of just like taking your, you know, lump hand and other hand and pitching the emperor down a well, like, I would have really liked to be like him to show off his force power because you still when he's pitching him down the well he's kind of just like I'm taking a mad beating here I'm just using my sheer strength to do this like my the human part of me pretty much and uh, I don't know like I would have liked to have seen Anakin like the chosen one just be like 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 go super scion for a second and then die <laughs> the way Luke did in a way you know.
1: Well, I think it's kind of part of the message of, of The Last Jedi or Return of the Jedi is that humanity and love is, is sort of the most powerful thing at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I just want to like see Vader be more powerful from the way he's built up, especially in the Clone Wars, you know, like with the uh, Mortis arc, uh, like how he's able to really control the light in the dark his true purpose, all that stuff, you know, like uh, he he should have had the gravitas to surpass the oh, Emperor. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but seriously, like the Emperor, everybody saw it in this kid, right? Like this guy's like chlorian levels, like basically a virgins in the force. Like I'm sure up. Palpatine's wasn't like he, he should have really been like, this is why I am the bomb. <laughs> like back off, yo.
1: Well, I mean, in a way, he did. He's he's the only guy that ever really he's the only guy that ever took out Palpatine. He basically like body slammed him out of the ring. That's all it takes, I guess. Nobody else could do that. I'm zapping you backwards.
3: Rocky did it to (laughs) Thunderlips.
4: All right.
1: Well, once Rocky enters the picture, if we're not talking to Carl (laughs) Weathers, we're done. That's it. All right, Dan. I, I hope we brought something to the table there on that uh, end of the day, I just I don't know why Anakin didn't flip out a little bit more, but I think uh, like I said he's once he made that choice to support Palpatine and not have him, uh, let Window kill him. That's it. That was that was him stepping in the bear trap and there was no way out.
3: Yeah, and he, and he, the first thing he tells himself is, "What have I done?" Yep. And and, and I think a bit of it
2: too. Like like we just kind of alluded to is like you don't mess with Palpatine. You know what I mean? I think he was kind of biding his time like what can I say? What can I not say? Like Palpatine would probably kill him in a heartbeat, you know? Like if he had any thought that Vader was plotting against him and all this crap, you know? Well, I think Palpatine knew. I guess all Sith Lords expect it.
1: Yeah. I think they all, they're all, they don't trust each other. They might say they do. You've done well, my apprentice, or you're you're the best, so here's a gold star for your hard work, but they don't trust each other. Anyway, Dan, thank you for the great question this week. Uh, that's it. We are done for this week, guys. Episode 156 is done and in the can. One, one more show done before the end of the year. Wow. Oh, yeah. Alright, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you, If you've got questions for us, uh, send them in you can email me at tumblingsaber at gmail.com. That is the easiest way to get me. Otherwise uh, direct message me on Facebook or Twitter and we'll get, uh, we'll get your questions that way. So my, again, my thanks to Dan and Mr. Matt Salvatore, Knight of the Commonwealth. Way to go guys. Yeah. Right. Good ones. Really good ones. Uh, if you, if you like us, if you enjoy listening to our podcasts and you think it's a season of giving, let's support these guys head over to patreon.com slash tumbling saber. You could uh, jump on board from just two bucks a month and uh, get yourself a whole bunch of exclusive podcasts. You'll be on at least one of them. You'll get access to a whole bunch more, uh, our, our random giveaways, our contests when new movies drop. Uh, what else, what else do we have there? I feel like I'm forgetting everything. Newsletters, lots of stuff to dive into at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. Support us. Become a powerful friend today. Uh, and that's it. Uh, Rob Wade, check it out. Emotionally14.com. He endorse, endorses this podcast as well as a few others. And, uh, yeah, I encourage you to check out, uh, the crazy train podcast and everything that Rob Wade does. Lots of stuff will be coming out there between now and Christmas. And it's, it's really good for a, a nice, healthy belly laugh. All right. So with all that out of the way, guys, Carlos, where can people find you on social media?
3: People can find me at C Candido music on Twitter and Instagram. Carlos Candido on Facebook and Carlos creates on Patreon.
2: Beautiful. Corey. Well, I just want to say before we move on the, uh, this classified information, but we actually recorded the, the giveaway already at our dinner experience and it, it was a mega giveaway. So,
1: Oh yeah. And fist but, nest is going to a new home.
2: Yeah. It it was out of control. <laughs> So I I, I'm wow. looking forward for, for people to hearing that, man.
1: Out of control. But, uh, Jeez, don't
2: oversell it. Come on, it was honestly. <laughs> it's not over yet. But uh, I, I, either way, um, you guys can find me at Chop Rules with the Z.
1: And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Facebook. Our Facebook group is growing. Come check it out. Jump in and join the conversation. We are talking a whole lot about Star Wars each and every day. Memes galore. It's crazy in there. It's it's a really cool place to hang out. If if you're sick of Twitter, my God, what are you doing on Twitter? Come join us on Facebook. There's lots of stuff going on. Everybody in there is really cool, super chill. Uh, Great place to be. And Michelle, her world tour continues. She should be back soon. We're letting Michelle play out the the string here on her world tour, but you can find her and all of her images from her world tour at tediously underscore brief on Twitter and on Instagram. Be sure to check her out. If if you want to know how to grow an Instagram account, do what Michelle does. Nobody works as hard on their Instagram as Michelle. So that is it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later this week for our powerful friends. Sith Disturbers are back. And for everybody else, we'll catch you in episode 157. Cheers, everybody. Have a good one. Struggle
4: for the answers. Questions frighten me. Circles getting wider. It's harder just to see.
0: It's called active care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten dollars to $60,000. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited Benefit policy. This policy is limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com.